For those of us that are parents, we know that as we balance work and home life, sometimes it can be difficult to keep our negative emotions at bay. We might lash out at our kids, or we may withdraw from them completely when something that has happened at work has affected us. The way we behave toward our children will set them up for how they handle the relationships they have throughout their own lives. Do we want them to be successful in their relationships, or do we want them to struggle through them and learn the lessons after it's too late? In today's episode, I'm going to review a list of behaviors that we can incorporate in regards to how we treat our children in order to build them up and foster successful relationships with them. Not only that, after reading the article that inspired this episode, I realized that all these same behaviors can be directly applied to our relationships with our crewmates and with the people that we work with. Thinking about treating your crewmates like children might seem insulting, but after this episode, you may think differently about that. are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a form dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Being a firefighter comes with its own challenges. But when you're a firefighter and a parent, you have a whole new host of things on your mind in addition to responsibilities. If you're married and have someone staying at home with the kids, that's great. Some of us are single parents who have to arrange childcare while we're on duty. And since we typically work 24 to 48 hour shifts, that can be extremely challenging. I'd like to dedicate this episode to the firefighters and EMS professionals out there who are parents. It's the most difficult and yet most rewarding role that I've ever had. So in the spirit of trying to make things easier on ourselves, I'd like to share some thoughts with you all. For those of you out there who aren't parents yet, I'm sure that there's some small person within your sphere of influence that could benefit from the energy you project and the loving care and understanding that you have the opportunity to provide, whether it's a niece or a nephew, uh, maybe your friends have kids. So don't think for one second that, that just because you don't have kids that you don't need to listen to this episode. Now, please understand that these thoughts I'm about to share aren't a strict list of things to adhere to, but more of a recommendation of things to consciously think about in order to be a positive influence on children. But not only that, to be a positive influence on your crewmates. As I read the article that inspired this episode, I thought that the concepts could directly be applied 
to how we treat the people that we work with. And as a result, we create and foster productive relationships built on respect and trust. How we treat our children and our crewmates will be over time reflected back onto those who come after us. This is kind of like culture succession planning in action. So let's get started. There's 10 of them we're going to go through here, guys. So number one, apologize when you're wrong. Just because you're the parent doesn't mean you're right. And the excuse of, well, because I'm the dad, that's why, or because I said so, that's why, isn't going to cut it. Giving your children the reason behind your request shows them that you respect them and it gives them a sense of rationale so that they can understand the why behind your request. My mom did this all the time. She would say, uh, because I said so, that's why, or because I'm your mother. And I'm like, well, I'm going to need a better reason than that. Um, and so I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to do that with my kids. And I don't. Uh, I hold true to that. But the same can be said for fire and EMS crews. Giving orders is fine, but if you want to build trust among your crew, then you should discuss the motivation behind the orders. And I get it. On the fire ground or an EMS scene, that's not particularly the place to be questioning orders because that's a dangerous and dynamic situation. However, it's important to hold an AAR or an after action review for those of you guys that might not know what an AAR is uh, after the dust settles to help your crew understand the rationale behind that order. But always remember that if you're wrong in your judgment or you're wrong in that order, own it. Say you're sorry so you can move on. Number two, don't assume you're smarter simply because you're older. This has a lot to do with ego and a little to do with authority. As a parent, you're the authority, but that doesn't make you automatically smarter. I know a lot of kids out there who can code computers, they can talk about atoms and particles, and they can play Beethoven's fifth at twice the speed. If a child feels stifled in their level of education simply based on their age, they'll be less likely to make efforts to grow past that low bar and expectation. As adults, we need to remember that everyone knows something that we don't, and everyone can learn something from everyone. To think that you're above learning something from someone younger than you isn't just egotistical, it's asinine. Humble yourself and show that you respect the people on your crew that may be younger than you by being willing to learn about what they know. One of the things that, that I personally do is that I like having conversations with the newest paramedics within the organizations, the guys coming right out of school. I ask them about the new changes or new skills uh, and approaches to treatments they may have changed or been improved upon since I went through my paramedic program. And yes, we have continuing ed. We, get, we do CEs uh, that we earn and we go through to keep up on this stuff. But I always like hearing the perspectives of the newbies coming down the line. It helps keep me on my toes. Number three, say thank you when someone does something for you or others. By showing your kids gratitude, you show them an acknowledgement for a desired behavior. You praise them for the behaviors that you want them to exhibit more of, right? So in doing so, they'll seek out opportunities to get more of that praise from you. I recently heard of an operations chief that asked his company officers to send him in an email all the instances 
of where their subordinates or their the guys on their crew either underperformed or showed signs of potentially needing discipline in the future. Basically, he wanted to know everything wrong with the guys. Instead, um, and and granted, some of you may be thinking, well, maybe he's just looking to fix some issues. That wasn't the clear motivation behind this email. Uh, instead, one of the company officers sent him multiple instances where his crew overperformed and actively did things that made the organization look great. The operations chief wasn't happy that he was met with that response and continued to focus on the negative as a way to exert power and control. Now imagine how that captain felt. Imagine how his crew felt knowing that the chief officer was just waiting to pounce on them the instant they messed up. It doesn't do anything but destroy morale. So regardless of your rank, seek opportunities to say thank you when you see someone do something for you or others. Number four, listen, don't neglect. For those of us that have kids, sometimes we're subject to them telling us long and drawn out stories of some random thing that happened at school that day. I get it. Sometimes it gets a little crazy. And you may think this story is a total waste of time. But one thing you have to remember is that if your kids feel like they can't come to you for the silly little things, then what makes you think for one second that they'd be willing to come to you with the truly difficult things that life has to throw at them? When your firefighter comes to you and tells you that he's having a rough time dealing with a call or is constantly talking about how their home life is in shambles, don't neglect that. Be an advocate for them by listening. You don't even have to offer a solution, which I know is really difficult for us as it's in our nature to offer a solution. Just listen actively. Don't have a phone in your face. Don't be absorbed in the TV. Be present and be available. We offer this to the people that we serve, you know, the people that call 911. We offer this to our patients. It's well past time for us to offer this to the people we go into burning buildings with. Number five, admit when you've made a mistake and openly own it. By doing this with your kiddos, you're showing them what accountability looks like. You're showing them accountability in action. If they're constantly in an environment where no one takes ownership of the mistakes, then guess what they learn to do? You guessed it. They learn to pass the buck. I have so much respect for the captains and chief officers who openly admit that they've made a mistake. Taking ownership of it made me feel like I could trust them, but not only that, that I could move on. Once the issue is accounted for, it's been addressed and we can move forward as a team. Now think of a time when someone didn't take ownership of something that they were at fault for. Do you trust that person? As you're thinking of that person right now, are you thinking of that thing that they neglected taking ownership of? You probably are. The thing that comes to my mind is a, is an individual who left a uh, fire truck water tank completely empty of water for like 24 hours. But anyway, I digress. Number six. Be sure to set boundaries for acceptable behavior. From the time kids are born, we're setting boundaries. We literally put up barricades for the rooms that we don't want them crawling into, right? Not only that, we're constantly teaching them things like don't bite your friends and don't smear poop on the walls. Like those are important boundaries, right? It's important for us to establish these boundaries because a lack of boundaries invites a lack of respect. 
Setting the boundaries can be life or death when it comes to the fire ground or EMS scene. This is literally the reason why the safety officer exists, right? Set those boundaries. Their job is to observe and point out those things that we might not see while doing the work. It keeps us safe. And not only that, it shows us that the people who are charged with being responsible for us actually care and take their job seriously. This builds trust and allows for people to operate in a safe environment. The same can be said for expectations for behavior during downtime at the firehouse. Setting boundaries for what's appropriate creates a safe place where we can let our guard down and rest our active minds. It's crucial for us to have a safe haven where we aren't subject to the raunchy and inappropriate behaviors of those who are supposed to have our best interests at heart, behaviors that could result in us being fired from the job we fought so hard to get. Number seven, lead by example. Kids watch everything you do. They watch everything you do. They mimic what they see. We watch it or we see it all the time as parents and we see it even if we don't have kids. How often do we run on kids who tried to jump their bike because of something they saw on YouTube or tried a crazy stunt, right? Think about the leaders you look up to at the firehouse. Are they people who are continually the armchair quarterback or are they the ones who are up and moving, working out, training, reading, learning new things? There's a captain on my department who is the epitome of leading by example. If he sees something that needs to be done, he gets up and he does it. He doesn't command his subordinates to do it for him. He, he doesn't sit back and just make commands. If an EMS order has come in, for example, he starts putting the stuff away. He goes out, starts cutting the pallet open and starts putting stuff away. If the landscaping could use a touch up, he's out there in work gloves getting it done. While I was on his crew, I got to the point where I was always watching him for cues as to what needed to be done or what he thought needed to be done around the station. I'd see him get his work gloves and a rake, and so I'd grab my gloves and a bucket. Nothing needed to be said. It was about doing the work that needed to be done. We had some great conversations while we did these seemingly menial tasks. He lived the idea that no one is above the lowest chore at the firehouse. And it's something that's stuck with me to this day. It helped program me to be constantly on the lookout for the things that need to get done. Number eight, teach and practice compassion, kindness, and love. I just had a conversation with my kids on what the difference between being nice and being kind were. My daughter, who is my youngest and often the most insightful, stated that she thinks that being nice means that you're making yourself look good and being kind is making others look good. And I asked her what she meant by that. And she told me, if someone has something in their teeth, dad, being nice would be smiling at that person in spite of it. But being kind would be telling the, that person that there's something in their teeth. She's 12 and she dropped that bomb of perspective on me the other day. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, compassion and love are no different. Both things are based on being selfless, having someone else's best interest at heart. People expect help when they call 911, right? It's kind of the point. Compassion is what will separate you from everyone else. You know this. People typically don't just call 911 for the hell of it. I mean, some people do, but typically people don't call 911 on their best day. So to be mindful of that and operate under an umbrella of compassion will go a long way way. 
Sometimes we give our patients and customers more compassion than we give each other. And that's something that needs to change. Love and compassion toward each other is something that I'm seeing less and less of in the fire service. Instead, I see and I hear backbiting and demoralizing comments running rampant. Just needless gossip, right? Do what you can this week to reach out to someone you work with and show them some compassion. You'll be amazed at the way it strengthens your relationships. Number nine, explain to them that actions have consequences, good or bad. This is 100% accountability, right? For every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. It's important to teach your children to think of the possible consequences before they take an action. Not only will it help them map out a bright future, but it'll help them avoid any pitfalls they could potentially otherwise fall into. So for example, talking to your kids about drinking and driving, you could go through and together make a list of all the possible negative outcomes like wrecking your car, getting a DUI, killing yourself or someone else. Then you can make a list of the positive outcomes of not drinking and driving, which could or probably would just be basically the opposite of the things that I just mentioned. So now thinking about both lists, which one would a logical and reasonable person choose? I think you can answer that for yourself. On the fire ground, the consequences of our actions tend to be very quick to present themselves. When we ventilate a structure, conditions inside improve. If we go around smashing all the windows and introducing an unlimited amount of oxygen to the fire, then all we're doing is, is making the situation worse. We tend to understand the outcomes of the dynamic situations that we face as a result of good training. But that doesn't mean that this concept is isolated to the fire ground. If you operate under a code of conduct, then the expectations are set, right? And if you breach that code, you should be subject to discipline. On the other side of that scale, if you support the mission and are exemplary in your efforts, you should be recognized for it. It's just as important to recognize the good deeds as well as the bad. If you favor one over the other, then things are going to get out of balance real quick. And last but not least, number 10, enjoy watching and nurturing them. Take pleasure in the privilege and responsibility of being able to guide and shape them into being responsible and well-adjusted people. When I was a kid and my mom would take me to the park, I could never understand how she seemed so content sitting down and watching me play rather than crawling through the tubes and hopping over the rails like I was doing. Now that I'm 38, I get it. <laughs> the things have slowed down a bit for me. I get I get joy out of playing with my kids. And fortunately, I've stayed in shape enough to keep up with them. But I understand the pleasure that my mom got just by sitting and watching me. Sometimes I do the same thing. I'll just sit and watch my kids play. I watch how they interact. I watch how they actively hop around all over the park toys. I get great pleasure out of watching them do their thing and know that I've had the privilege of helping them get to where they are. As a 13-year paramedic, I've had the opportunity to train numerous up-and-coming paramedic candidates. I've taken great joy in helping them along the road. I didn't appreciate the assholes that would throw an IV bag at me and then try to get me to do some random, irrelevant drug calculations. So that's not the approach that I took. I wanted them to feel comfortable in what they were doing because when it's going down and it's time to perform, not only do they deserve to be comfortable and confident in their skills, but the people we are serving deserve it too. 
They don't deserve some nerve-wracked person with shaky hands and sweat pouring down their faces. Is that who you would want working on your family? I know I don't. Mentorship is a privilege, and you don't have to be in a position of ranked authority to be the mentor that you might not have had. Don't use it as a way to feed a ravenous ego. Use it as a way to contribute to the individual and to the organization. Like I said, these are things to think about when behaving toward your children, but they also directly relate to how we can improve our behavior toward each other at the firehouse. Remember, knowledge without practical application is wasted. So as you listen to the things I talked about, think about ways that you can apply them to your daily life. And if you have anything to add to the list, please feel free to send me a message on either Instagram or Facebook, or just post it in the thread. I love a good discussion. As always, thanks for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. I'm really active mostly on Instagram, but please feel free to shoot me a message and ask any question you'd like. I'm building this community for us, guys. One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. We're brothers and sisters, and we need to do what we can to rebuild the brotherhood that attracted us to the profession in the first place. The only way this is going to happen is through open and honest communication. As we openly talk about things and ask tough questions, we give our brothers and sisters power to do the same. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.